Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Cam Newton, man. What do you think? This is a huge, huge offseason for him. He made some huge comments yesterday, Key. I just, you know, the thing is, is I understand what people saw in Cam Newton and what they didn't see in Cam Newton, so they automatically felt like the days of Cam Newton were behind him, but they also need to understand the situation in the cards that he was dealt. And everybody makes it seem like he was stuck on the free agent market forever. First of all, he got to the free agent market late. That's right. Because they they, they held on to him. Then he had to get cleared, and we were in the middle of COVID pandemic, so he couldn't travel to get all the physicals that he needed. So it took a while for him to even get signed. He wasn't on free agency. He wasn't a free agent the day of free agency. The Carolina Panthers and Marty Herney did not do him any favors by holding on to him, and all those spots were getting filled up. He couldn't, his physical, he couldn't take his physical. No one could see him throw. It was, it was kind of like a bad situation for him. Then eventually he wound up getting signed with the New England Patriots. He went in there with no mini camp, no nothing. Bad training camp. And then, they, you know, he started off kind of hot. It was like, oh, okay, cool. Go to Seattle, put up big numbers. You're like, oh, all right, well. And then all of a sudden he catches COVID. And then you don't want to use the excuse of COVID because we don't clearly, we're not doctors, so we don't know the, the side effects or the effects of COVID post uh, you being cleared to play. Mm-hmm. And he's playing and it doesn't look right, but he's still doing some things, but he's b- bouncing balls in the dirt. He's throwing balls over people's heads, but he also is hitting targets. He doesn't have Julian Edelman. He doesn't have certain guys. He's dealing with Jacoby Myers, an undrafted free agent out of North Carolina State. I mean, all of this is going on. And there's a polarizing narrative that's set that he's shot, he's done, he can't play anymore. New England Patriots never said that. They wouldn't go to Jarek Stenham. They win one game, they're like, eh, we stick with Cam, even though he looks horrible. He looks horrible, but we also understand what's around him. And so for me, when I watch it, I go, okay, if I'm a team that has some players that can play, is he a guy? That I, and I need a quarterback. Is he a guy that I would go get? Probably opposed to a team that has no players. Like, I don't, if I ain't got nothing around him, I can't touch him. I cannot touch him with a 10-foot pole with a flag on the end of it. I don't want Cam Newton. But if I'm the Chicago Bears and I got some stuff, because when he's had some stuff, he's been pretty good. When he's been bad in Carolina, it's when they had a bad team. And people aren't looking at that. You go back to 2018, and I know we got to go back with Cam, but you go back to the 2018 season, but prior to his injury that he missed a couple games, he was playing like he was during his MVP season. He had a few pieces around him. The defense was better. And when you get him in that situation in Chicago, for instance, that may be something. Chicago couldn't sign him. They went out and got Nick Foles, one, better, more familiarity in Matt Nagy with Nick Foles. Cam wasn't available, so they went out and signed Nick Foles instead of signing uh, him to compete with Mitch Trubisky. And I don't think Cam would have wanted to compete because he probably was looking to be a starter. Now you got a second time around if you're Chicago. Look at that and say, you know what? We got some defense. We got some stuff. This may be a better option for him. 
trying to have him play with a team with nothing around him, he's not there. He's not there in his career right now. Kid, does that mean you're jumping on my bandwagon when I said that yesterday on the call, that I thought Cam going to Chicago would be the right move for him? It's not, ju- it's not jumping on a bandwagon. Oh, jeez. Hey. You look different. It's not jumping on a <laughs> it's not jumping on a bandwagon, Jay. What it is is taking time to take a step back and assess the situation as you start to look at where he fits best in these situations of a quarterback carousel. I just look, if New England's not gonna sign him back. Well, if you're New England, if you really want Jimmy G, if there's a chance that you can get Jimmy G, it almost feels like Cam is there by default if you can't get Jimmy G. Right. But if you're Chicago and first off, I want to make sure people understand this. As much as we go at Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy is not Adam Gase. Right. There's um, they have been to the playoffs two of his three years. So I I do want to give them credit for that. And I I think there are situations, obviously, with Mitch Trubisky. He's a free agent. But I think Cam gives them a real splash. And yes, I think all those factors that you just mentioned go into what happened last year with him in New England. But I think if, you know, look, if you're Allen Robinson, if you sign Cam Newton, does that lure you to come back? Granted, Allen Robinson wants his money, but, you know, does that give you more of an attraction to be part of that team? It just, it gives them a foundation that I think is something different than what Chicago has had in a while with a a quarterback that has everything to prove that can really buy into what they're trying to do. Granted, has to learn a whole new offensive scheme once again, but like, I'd rather have Cam fighting for in a situation like Chicago with that defense and his style of play, I think that could be the pop that Chicago needs. Let's run through just some of what Key said to bolster the argument that last year could have been an outlier on a variety of reasons for Cam Newton. Number one, he was cut slash released by the Panthers on March 24th. At that time, the country is obviously raging in the pandemic. You're talking about late March. The NFL never officially went on pause, Key, but let's be honest. Not a lot of league business was being conducted on March 24th. People were trying to survive. They were telling people to not come into offices. Then about June 28th or 29th, he was signed by the Pats. The team officially announced it on the 8th. As Key said, you got to have weapons around you. There's no small coincidence that the Pats also had the largest amount of opt-outs of any team in the NFL and Cam did say that the coronavirus, he was never the same after battling it for the rest of the season. Cam also said this on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall, Fred Taylor, and Chad Johnson that dropped on uh, Monday. That dropped on Monday. Here he is, 31-year-old Cam, on if there really are 32 better than me. My pride won't even allow me to do that. Listen, bro, there's not 32 guys better than me. Put it like that. So you're asking me, where you at? Bro, I'm not 32. Eli in Maryland, add to the discussion. I know you want to get in on Cam and a possible move here. Uh, So what I was thinking, uh, Cam Newton would be a good pair with Odell Beckham in Washington. Maybe you trade a few people in Washington on your defensive side to get Odell Beckham. Maybe you trade Matt or someone on your D-line, because eventually you're going to have to pay them, and you might have to break them up. So maybe you trade in Landon Collins, a future, future draft pick, to get Odell Beckham and team him up with Cam Newton in Washington. Okay. Keep- no, I'm trying to get the defense to be better, not worse. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to fill up the defense, because the defense is what is going to have Washington continuing the fight for the NFC East. Uh, and in Cam Newton in Washington would be a good one. I mean, they understand him. They know his strengths and his weaknesses. Think about it, man. The best receivers 
the best receivers that Cam Newton's ever played with in his career. Think about who that was. Steve Smith? Well, Smitty was at the end, okay. right? Smitty okay. was at the end. I'm okay. talking about that, that kind of grew in him for a couple years. Kelvin Benjamin? Kelvin Benjamin, mm. who's not even in the league anymore. Liked him in college, and not so much in Funches. Wow. Oh, Devin Funches. Wow. Think about it. Think about that for a minute. Great college players, not so much. But think about point. that. That's what he had to deal with. He had to deal with that. Smitty was there with him, but Smitty was at toward the end. He didn't get Smitty in Smitty's Hall of Fame years. So it's like, come on. Then he goes to New England, and the one guy that we all thought he could count on was Julian Edelman. What happens to Julian? Right. He gets hurt. So it's like, I get it. He's polarizing. Jay Will, people feel a certain way about him. I understand that. But he's not. 33, 34, 35, 36 on down the line at quarterback and that. He's not. He's just not. I don't care what nobody say. He's not. I know Sal brought up the potential of him going to Philly. And I, I'm curious because if Jalen Hurts, if you're not sure he's the guy, you know, do you bring in a guy like Cam who can compete for the starting quarterback position and could eventually become the guy? Like I, I would actually like that move for the Philadelphia Eagles because of what Cam brings to the table. So I still think there's feasible options out there for yeah. Cam. He's just going to have to go get it. The, pro- the problem with that for me, Jay, is I don't want a first-time head coach trying to navigate his way around Cam Newton at the quarterback spot. Um, don't think that that would be good. You want to be with familiarity, Ron Rivera, uh, you know, in Washington – New England with Belichick and Josh McDaniels and potentially Chicago because it's a veteran team and he's got enough snack, crackle, pop, and swag to roll in Chicago and kind of make, you know, you get a feel good about the situation. Those are the three teams that I would like to see him take a shot at. Philadelphia, I mean, that's that might be a rebuilding situation, man. No, I hear it's just optionality. You know, like, sometimes beggars can't be choosers to get your foot in the door. I'm not saying he doesn't like, look, he is a talented player, but at the same time, it's about, you know, what is happening. There's an influx of talented quarterbacks coming into the league. So, you know, it's get in where you fit in to a degree key. No, it is a get in where you fit in, but I'm not taking, I'm not taking them quarterbacks that's coming into the league before I am a proven veteran. And I'm trying to win right now. I can't, I can't roll like that if I'm Chicago or if I'm Washington. We could draft him, but I need somebody there that can bring him along. And at 31 years old, he's still young. I mean, he had a he got injured in 2019. Got injured in 2019. I would just say two things. Number one, Jay likes to use the word optionality. I would agree with the optionality with Newton with any team, whether it's Philadelphia or another team. The optionality is for the first time. I mean, it's very hard to tell a guy that was the MVP five years ago that's only 31 years old in a league that just had the Super Bowl won by a 43-year-old guy. It's very hard to tell somebody with Cam's pedigree, listen, man, we don't owe you anything, right? When he signs with another team, it's, we're not promising you 
a thing. And that actually, I think, actually opens up his options a little bit more. Cam said Bill Belichick was misunderstood on the I Am Athlete podcast. He had a tremendous amount of stuff to say. I would certainly download it. He said Bill's the most misunderstood guy in sports after spending one year with him. So we're asking you this morning... Who is the most misunderstood person in sports? 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, and Z on Twitter. Your responses have been hot and heavy. You knew this one was coming. Let's get into it. Aaron in Virginia, you're on ESPN Radio. Uh, what's going on, fellas? Good morning. Hey, uh, So, sitting back and thinking about it, uh, as I was driving, I thought, for me, the most uh, misunderstood person in sports is Colin Kaepernick. So you got a guy that's seeing something going on in the world, doesn't agree with it, wants to call national attention to it. And then he is essentially exercised from the league. Now, to go back to what Keyshawn was saying earlier about you want your athletes honest and, and speaking their mind until they say something maybe you don't agree with, and then they want you to shut up and dribble or whatever it is. But, you know, maybe you don't think he's a top 32 quarterback in the league, but he's definitely a top 64. He deserves a roster spot at some somewhere. But yet he doesn't have one. So, I mean, that's my thoughts and my opinions. But uh, appreciate the show, and I'll take your guys' comments off the air. Yeah, I, I would say that train has left the station on him playing quarterback again in the National Football League. Several years ago, he definitely could have still been a starter in the league, if not a very viable backup uh, to somebody. And you know, for whatever it's worth, yes, misunderstood. The message that he was sending to all of us was hijacked and taken and put out there in a different fashion. We all got that clear and understand it. Even though there are people in the world that don't want to admit it and, you know, run from it, we all can see it clear. It, it, it clears day. Windex is on our eyes. Yeah, no problem at all. Last thing I would say, I completely 100% agree with you. It's time for Act 2 for Colin Kaepernick. But think about what Act 2 could be vis-a-vis Act 1. Act 1 was being a starting quarterback in the NFL for a legacy franchise and coming within a whisker of winning the Super Bowl. For most people, there would be no way in the world to top something like that. But I think as time goes on, Colin Kaepernick is going to be known for what he did off the football field for more than what he did on the field, and considering he was that close, so close to a Super Bowl, it's hard to do that in Act 2 of your life no matter what you do, but I think he realizes now Act 2 is way more important than Act 1 because it's just playing football at the end of the day, but I think he realizes that's where his biggest impact is going to be made. And the crazy thing about it, is Jay with us? I guess not, huh? The crazy crazy thing about it, Zubin, is it's not that he's misunderstood. Because he's not misunderstood. He's only misunderstood because you want him to be misunderstood. You want to misunderstand the message that he was sending. Right. It's the vacuum. I see it this way. You say it that way. And there's no way I can see it your way. And you can't see it. Even though you see it the same way as Cam, you want to make it seem as though you don't see it that way. Even though you see it that way. Mm Mm-hmm. So who's the, one of the most misunderstood? I mean, in Colin. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. And you knew that one was going to come up because that one obviously transcends sports. Ray in Ohio, you're on ESPN Radio, the most misunderstood person in sports. Well, I guess Ray left too. Ray, you with us? Ray? Ray, was, Ray said Jerry Jones. Yeah, Ray. Ray yeah, Jerry. Well, you know, you know Jerry, so help, help us with this one. Jerry is not – no, look. The way I look at all of these people that continue to keep coming up and people saying that certain guys are misunderstood, Jerry Jones is not misunderstood. 
Jerry Jones is giving you exactly what Jerry Jones wants to give you. I don't care what it is, whether it's his, it's his team, he's going to do it the way he wants to do it. That is the way Jerry became the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, is doing it his way. So that's not misunderstood at all. Um, you know, you say, well, he's not paying Dak Prescott. Well, no, he hasn't agreed to a deal yet. But he did offer the man a big contract, right? So it's not, it's, so when you start to break things down of him being misunderstood, it's like, no, Jerry's not misunderstood. And you also have to look at it from all of us fans look at it from owner-player relationship. But if you ask people inside football like he and others, they'll tell you he took the league to the next level. He turned uh, a Sunday into going to the world's most gleaming stadium. He's turned it into sponsorships. The guy's already in the Hall of Fame. We look at it as like he's an owner. He's got to negotiate with the 53 and Jimmy Johnson and everybody. But people inside football realize how much he and Bob Kraft, but specifically Jerry Jones, have elevated the business of football. That's something we think about as fans. You obviously played, but the business of football has been elevated by Jerry Jones, and there's nothing misunderstood about that. Nothing at all. I mean, the the stadium is in Los Angeles for the Los Angeles Chargers and the Los Angeles Rams, or the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles because the Rams own the stadium because of Jerry Jones. Mm -hmm. People don't even know that. That's the reason that stadium is there, which it looks, I haven't been in it obviously, but it looks like it's probably going to be the best venue in all of sports when it's completely full. But then the Raider fans will argue me down and say that, uh, what is it, Allegiant? What is it, Alliance? Uh, Allegiant Stadium Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. SoFi Stadium in LA. SoFi and LA are probably two of the Best stadiums going right now. Yeah, can't wait till somebody actually gets inside and steps foot in. It'll be great. Today on the ESPN Daily, NFL Players Union boss DeMoris Smith leads deal-making for those on the field. We've had DeMoris on the show multiple times. But has he been more of an asset to team owners instead? That's something they used to say about Gene Upshaw and Paul Tagliabue. Very interesting to see if indeed the narrative is flipping, and that's the same thing with Goodell and Smith as it was with Tagliabue and Upshaw. That's on our ESPN Daily Podcast today with Pablo Torre. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Back to it. Most misunderstood person in sports. Lee is in Michigan. You're on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Lee. Morning, fellas. Uh, love the show. Great uh analysis that's a little bit off the off the beaten path uh and stuff and uh lee let me ask you a question lynch before Uh, we get into marshawn how are we off the beaten path oh you just uh help me understand that that, uh other other people uh don't necessarily do we get some we get some uh some personal analysis a little back and forth you know so you get the personal stuff with us and a little back and forth you like it or you don't like it Oh, I like I like most of it. Yeah. What is it that yeah. you don't like? Uh, I'm taking notes. Hang on. <laughs> it's okay. I want to know so we can get better. All right, Key. Um, you talk over people a little bit. You say what? Um, Jay Jay uh, t- got to turn his microphone down a little bit. If we're being uh, honest or having back up a little bit, we hear the breathing a little bit. Okay. And that's just minor stuff, you know. Okay. But uh, if you if you're really asking for I'm really, what, uh, I'm really you know, asking. A couple things. Yep, but uh, that's it. That's about it. Do we talk you know? enough? Do we uh, talk enough sports for you? I like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a sports show, and uh, you know, so uh, that's all good. Um, you know, uh, having uh, having you in football and and Jay in basketball, and then uh, Zubin kind of uh, done a little bit of everything, being at ESPN so long and stuff. It's just uh it's a little different thing. Than uh, than you hear 
you know, on uh, on some of the other on some of the other shows. Well, you keep listening and you're going to keep hearing different things because that's who we are. Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> in, in my opinion, is who he is. I mean, I've done commercials with Marshawn. I've been I've, I know him from California. Um, I think he's misunderstood because you don't understand him. Like you don't understand who he is as his personality. He's not fake. He's not phony. He's not trying to appease to the masses. He is who he is from East Oakland, California, period. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, then you don't like it. So be it. Everybody's not going to be cookie cutter. Not going to be walk and talk and everything is stiff and how you doing, Zoop? No, that's not that's not who he is, and he shouldn't be that way. I've said it before. Genuineness and authenticity should always be in style, but for a long time it wasn't. In 2021, as we break out of these norms, it's being considered one of the most important attributes that you have, but in an ironic sense, just be yourself. How hard could that be? Just be who you are instead of conforming to what you think you need to be. I think even athletes are breaking the mold in that. They have so much on the line, your endorsements, this, that. I can't say this. I can't say that. But it's a direction we're all moving in, and I think it's certainly better. Can't whether live it's your sports, life that way, though. Whether it's sports or society, right? Can't, cannot live your life that way. Just, just imagine how tough it is for people to be themselves. There's a lot of people out there nodding their head. They know it. Just be yourself. It's not as easy as you think. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. We'll continue to take your calls on the most misunderstood person in sports as we continue to wrangle with the definition of misunderstood. Jay, they hear you breathing. (laughs) Most importantly, I escaped unscathed. He had nothing negative to say about me. Might be the first person associated with the show. There's nothing negative to say about me. Stop talking over people, Key, too. Yeah, stop talking over people, Key. Well... That's part of a conversation. Right. You have to talk. We're not Q and A. You go Zubin. You go Key. Go Jay. You go Key. Go Jay. Go Zubin. No, that's not a conversation. And we are going to break. But first, a huge decision for the defending champs. What's on the line for them? Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel Eighty. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. Key says no time to panic. The Lakers have lost their third straight game, though. They fell to the Wizards. But one of the worst records in the NBA, 127-124 in OT last it night. It happens. Big spot tomorrow night. 
Maybe a Western Conference Finals preview, but the NBA can't win for losing, even when we get Lakers Jazz in shorthanded. Tomorrow night, part of the doubleheader on ESPN 10 Eastern, Warriors Pacers will get us underway. We'll see if the Lakers can snap out of it. Utah just had a record-setting three-point performance for the ages, and the Lakers' biggest problem right now, besides the lack of AD and LeBron playing too many minutes, is their three-point shooting. We've got a big problem here in Seattle. Mariners president and CEO Kevin Mather resigned yesterday after some comments made at a Rotary Club function back on February 5th. They go around the state of Washington talking to Rotary Clubs about the Mariners. He made some insensitive comments about a couple of guys involved in the organization and their lack of command of the English language. He said yesterday prior to resigning, he was on the phone apologizing to everyone, but it really didn't matter. Everyone and anyone. He had been with the team for a quarter century. He is out. The Mariners have the longest playoff drought in all of Major League Baseball. That hardly seems like their biggest concern at the moment. Black History Always 2020 bringing attention to prominent commitments to historically black colleges and universities. Makur Maker, the first guy in the recruiting era, quote unquote, to go to a HBCU played at Howard and Deion Sanders at Jackson State making his return. Primetime is going to join us in our final hour of the program. He is leading Jackson State's football program, shining a light on HBCUs only the way one of the brightest lights of the NFL in his playing days could. Sports Center brought to you by Nature Valley, part crunchy, part creamy, a bit sweet and a bit salty. Nature Valley, sweet and salty peanut bars are bursting with crunchy peanuts dipped in creamy nut butter coating and 100% delicious. Nature Valley, we are better outside. And those are real live callers from earlier this morning. So if you want to hit us up with that, please do so. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Best worst case for your team. We're also asking you who the most misunderstood person in sports is. This is our second go around with our NFL writers. You can download our one of the podcasts. It was best case, worst case for the Jags. We're going to keep it in the state of Florida with the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks. We're joined by Jenna Lane on the Goodyear Hotline. And what's funny is if we had this conversation just a handful of years ago, uh, the roles would have been reversed. Mike DiRocco of the Jags would have come on and said, man, the Jags are moving in the right direction after that AFC title game performance. And Jenna Lane would have come on to say, I'm not sure what's going on with the Tampa Bay Bucks." Funny how things change. Jenna joins us now. Good morning. I guess it's hard to get better than what they've experienced in Tampa here, Jenna. But what's the best case scenario for the Bucks this offseason? Well, the best case scenario would be that they're able to bring all their guys back. But that's just not going to be possible, I think, even with all the restructuring that they can try and do. Um, but you've got a number of key guys that are set to become free agents. Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin, Levante David, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, uh, and Dominican Sue. All of those guys are, are set to hit the open market. And while they do have not just one, but two really good salary cap gurus, um, with Mike Greenberg, who's been with the Buccaneers a long time, but they also brought Jackie Davison in this past year. And, and they kind of did that, I think, in anticipation, not only uh, for the fact that, you know, the Bucks were you know going to have some, some cap moves that they were going to have to try to make to try to move some money around, um, but also because of the fact that, that the NFL Combine and, and the draft scouting this year is going to be virtual, so they wanted to try to get a leg up on, on any way possible that they could um, when it comes to evaluating these players. And, and she can do a number of different things. She's not just a cap analyst. She's not just a cap person. But, you know, just looking at, at just some of these numbers and, and trying to figure out, um, I mean, the Bucks don't even have $30 million, right? They've got – they still have Super Bowl bonuses that they've got to take out of that money. So – and and, and – 
truly, if you want to bring some of those folks back, um, you're looking at like over $60 million to be able to do that. So it's like, you know, $20 million, $30 million that you have and you need about $60 million to pay all these folks. Something's got to give. So I, I see them doing a fair amount of restructuring. I see them asking some guys to take pay cuts. And, um, you know, I, I don't think people are going to exactly get what they want. Shaq Barrett said, you know, he feels like it's time to, and I'm, I'm loosely quoting him, you know, break the bank. I understand he wants to get paid, and he certainly worked hard to do it. But if they want to keep the band together, guys are going to have to be reasonable with their expectations. And what would be the worst-case scenario? I think the worst case scenario would be any situation where you don't get one of the, the three guys that I kind of classified as organizational pillars and, and Levante David, Shaq Barrett, or Chris Godwin, where you don't get any of those guys back just because of what they bring. I, I, I have a hard time fathoming Levante David playing in, in any other uniform but Tampa Bay, and he's always been a team first guy, but he wants to be fairly compensated too. But, I mean, I could see that happening uh, with Barrett. I, I think, you know, he told me, he told me during that Super Bowl parade, he's like, I want to be back. Like, we're, I'm coming back next year. But is he going to get the amount of money that maybe he would want? Probably not. And, and I think also, um, you know, that's not really a guy that you want to end up franchise tagging either, considering you'd have to pay him 120% more than what you paid him last year. You'd be looking at like $19 million there. Um, it'd be a lot easier if you can sign into a long-term deal and, you know, not that the Bucks, the Bucks do not like to backload deals, but in this case, I think they would have to, um, borrow some money from the future to, to be able to, you know, get under the cap number this year. So I, I think that there's some incentive there, but, um, you know, I, I think, um, a lot of signs could point to Chris Godwin getting the franchise tag. I know that's also something that, that's been discussed as well, and that actually would be a little bit cheaper for them to do that as opposed to franchising Shaq Barrett, as I mentioned, with $120 million. You'd save a couple million by by doing that. But ultimately, um, you know, it's going to be a challenge for the Bucks, even just paying two number one receivers. But uh, Bruce Arian said, you know, and, and that's the thing, he acknowledged them both as number one receivers. He said it's not bad paying two number one receivers, that's for sure when they're as good as our two number ones. But I would also add to that, where does that leave Antonio Brown? They view Mike and Chris as two number ones. You know, Antonio Brown certainly had a, a, a tremendous postseason, even with that knee injury. You want to be able to reward him, too. Hey, Jenna, well, a person like Tampa Bay, uh, with a, a team like Tampa Bay, how much interest do they have in a guy like J.J. Watt? I just don't know how they would have the money to do that. I mean, Watt's a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal leader. Um, there's no disputing that, right? Like, I mean, he's he's absolutely a guy that you would want on your roster and in your community. I just I just don't see how they would be able to financially do that, um, considering that their top priority right now is re-signing their own. But you also got to wonder, too, when you're negotiating with a guy like Shaq Barrett, um, and he's, again, a guy they absolutely want to bring back. You just kind of wonder if, if you have just the just the threat of this guy. I shouldn't say threat, but just him kind of looming out there on the open market and maybe he's willing to take a little bit less to be part of a Super Bowl champion team. It's like, does that, does that in any way affect Barrett's bottom line or what he's willing to sign for? Um, I, I still think Barrett would be their priority over over an outside guy. And, and the same with, with all their guys on their roster. I think they're really committed to bringing back the guys that they have. 
Um, and, and even a guy like Chris Godwin, you know, people talk about Odell Beckham Jr. And it's like, yeah, but Tom Brady says that Chris Godwin has some of the best hands he's ever seen. He's got a relationship with him. And, and they, I mean, Chris Godwin's a homegrown player. They, they, they have been part of, of every step of his career thus far. And, and he absolutely loves it here. Um, this is well, this is also a team I would say too that you know with with GM Jason Light he's more likely to re-sign his own than he is to bring other guys because early on in his tenure as a GM they had a lot of failed acquisitions when it came to to free agent signings outside the organization um, you know Anthony Collins their left tackle that was he only lasted a year Michael Johnson only lasted a year a former defensive end that they had. They just, they just had a number of guys that only lasted a year. And so then they started just signing most of these guys just in these really short-term, one-year kind of prove-it deals because they didn't want to have to deal with any of that stuff anymore. So the, the trust factor is a lot higher when you have guys within your own organization because you know them. You know their day-to-day work habits. Yeah. You know how they play in your system. So, again, I would say their, their priority remains re-signing their own. A quick answer here on this one. Um, you know, if they don't franchise tag a guy like Chris Godwin and they can't come to terms, do you see it being realistic that they take a shot on a guy like OBJ? I, I just, um, in terms of, I, I think he would be a next option if they couldn't get Godwin back just because, and I know that, uh, you know, I know that Odell is obviously a phenomenal player and, and I'm sure that, you know, that would pick Tom's interest signing a guy like him because of, of what he does. Um, but, I still think the priority is going to be to try to get Chris back. And, and I think they will, honestly, I, I, whether it's a franchise tag or whether it's a long-term deal, Chris wants to be here. They want him here. They just have to try to find a way to make it work. And even Mike Evans said, and, and Bruce Arian said, Mike, Mike Evans is the you know most selfless player I've ever been around, that I've ever coached. Mike has restructured his contract two times already. And, and he's willing to take less money and willing to do it again whether it's pay cut or, or restructuring, if it means keeping other guys around, if it means Chris getting paid, which um, I, I think says a ton about about Mike. But I, I still think Chris would be the priority here. And if not, yeah, maybe you, you do kick the tires on a guy like Odell. I don't even know kick the tires would be the right the right, right way to say it just because, I mean, obviously he's a phenomenal player. Um, but I, I, my first thought with Odell would be, yeah, how much? Right, like, because who wouldn't want his services? Right, he wouldn't want him on their roster. And that's where we're going to go next, Jenna. Thank you for joining us this morning. Best case, worst case. Let's be honest, there is really no worst case after the season the Bucks just had. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Thank you. On the way, Jenna started the conversation. We'll continue it. Where do we think Odell Beckham Jr. could land if indeed he would be? On the move, Key and Jay have both pinpointed one team that they think makes the most sense. Odell to Tampa Bay to play with Brady would make all the sense in the world. You asked me if they could win a Super Bowl again. (laughs) If this is anywhere close to true, the answer is 1,000% yes. This is Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Following our program and many of these ESPN radio stations essentially saying the rich get richer. You already have Gronk, you have Evans, you brought in AB, maybe you bring in OBJ on the alphabet soup. Incredible. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear hotline, including in just about 14 minutes from now, 13 minutes from now, as I see the clock move. Prime time in the morning, Deion Sanders after his collegiate coaching win in his debut. Not something we say about prime time in the batter's box on the field, but on the sideline, Dion's going to join us here in just about 13 minutes from now. Okay, guys, anytime you have somebody like OBJ possibly available, it's always something that's intriguing. He brings, brings so much talent and brings so much else to your organization. Possible best landing spots for OBJ. You heard Mike say the champs. Who else is out there, Key? Good fit. Um, well, the, the, I'm just thinking. The he Bucks, does share a birthday with Alex Trebek. So. <laughs> the, 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 yes. The, the Bucks will be a good fit. Um, so you're with Greeny on that one. Green yeah, Bay. The Bucks Green Bay. Scream it out, Key. Green Bay would be a good fit. Yeah. If they're looking to rebuild, and I don't know what they are going to rebuild, but I don't know what the how they're going to do it between the quarterback and the young and the old. If the Jets were to get Deshaun Watson mm. and try and kickstart some stuff, then there's an OBJ sighting that could potentially be wow. bringing back to New York. He's wow. got the, you know, he knows New York. You know, he got the little snack crackle pop that you look for in New York, so he won't be afraid of the bright lights. Am I missing somebody out there, Jay? San Francisco, the Forty Niners. San Francisco, the Forty Niners. Um, I mean, Seattle has a lot of work to do defensively, but maybe Seattle. I mean, they can help. He can help. There's no question. Yeah. You could always talent wise, and then Cleveland, or just maybe do nothing. Stay where you're supposed to. Get uh, healthy. Key, let's talk about that for a second because you know it's interesting, and and you and I have always been on this whole thing, man. It, it's funny. It's even like the jail and Johnson. Like I got a text from Seth Greenberg, like I told you Duke is better without jail and Johnson. I'm like, but they're really not. <laughs> they're really not. And it's almost like, well, Cleveland, look how far Cleveland got yeah. without OBJ. I'm like. <sighs> Jets were better without me, too. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what? like, I, I go back to that last game. Like, for Baker, I'm like, man, he could have used the big receiver in that game. Somebody to go get those 50-50 balls. Like, they, it, it, I, I, as much as we want to say they're better without OBJ, I don't know if that's necessarily true, man. That's just a way. People, look, everybody likes to talk. They want to set a narrative. They win some games. He's hurt. They start winning. They start to look a little bit better. It's OBJ's fault. See, he was the distraction. He was the problem. You always get it. But it's also the other way, you know, where guys leave teams and the teams will never be the same. So you can have it both ways if you want to really believe that and set that narrative as such. OBJ is a terrific player when he's healthy. That's all you could say. I mean, you, you, you think about his tenure in New York. You think about the short window that he had in Cleveland. He's been – when he's been on the field – He's been fine. People just, they set their own narratives. And whoever gets him next, they're going to be lucky if he's healthy. They'll be lucky if he's healthy, and they got a good one. They certainly got a good one. A nice route runner 
He's explosive still. He catches the ball well. He's not afraid. And he brings something to the party. His teammates like him. His teammates like him. Is he kiddo, That's all that though, matters. If Do Kendall, your teammates yeah. like you? Every Agreed. stop, the answer has been yes for him. Yes. Let me ask you, fellas, this from a motivational standpoint. They often say there's nothing more dangerous than a motivated athlete, whether it's a guy entering free agency, his walk year, looking for the big deal, or in this case, to prove to people the narrative that you said that this team that went to the divisional round could be a Super Bowl contender, seems to have their offense in place, seems to have their defense in place, seems to have a young head coach in place, a young GM. Everything's here. All the pieces are in place. And maybe, just maybe, if you can motivate OBJ in that fashion, hey, everybody else is holding up their end of the bargain. People are saying we're better without you than with you. How scary is that psychologically? You probably never needed a kick in the pants or anything like that, but a motivated athlete on a team like this. I never – yeah, I mean, I don't think that – he needs the motivation. He motivates himself by just being mm-hmm. OBJ and living every single day. That's his motivation. He doesn't get caught up in somebody trying to fake motivate him based on a team's record in a team going to the playoffs when I've been hurt. But it's social media. People are susceptible. He's seeing all these things people are oh, saying. Oh, he sees it, Zubin, and he, he tweets it. He tweets he it sees and he talks it. about it on IG. He, every single one. Trust and believe that. He sees it, but when he's talking about it, Jay, he ain't taking it to heart. It's more about tongue-in-cheek and laughing yeah. at it because the individuals that's writing this stuff have no idea. Like, they don't but, know what the hell they're talking about. Think about it, Zubin. Doing the Super Bowl, I got we got how many of my teammates on? Six? Yeah, throughout the course of the week, yep. And very viable, important people on our Super Bowl team. The narrative would be my teammates didn't like me. Or they just coming on the show just because they want some airtime. You you see what I'm saying? So people set the narrative out there that my teammates didn't like me. But they came on my show. Were they just looking for airtime? Did they use poor Keyshawn just for airtime? That would be the next narrative. No, because there's no issues with us. But people wanted to put that out there and let it live. And then when we put we we pour water on that fire, everybody goes, ah, yeah. that's how you got to do it. And that's the same thing with OBJ. Let it live. I was a problem. My team won when I wasn't there, yada, yada, yada. Now I could go and come back and they're going to trade me. Well, if they trade him, it ain't because they won games and he was a problem. Mm-hmm. They're trading him because – it doesn't fit in work for him anymore. $20 million on the salary. They, they, they got young receivers that stepped up. He has value. That's why they would move him, not because they don't like him. I, I just go back to this, out of sight, out of mind. Now, people start finding narratives that fit. I mean, Steph Curry was out of sight for a while, and people forgot that Steph Curry even existed, right, until he came back this year. I'm like, oh, look how great Steph Curry is. Let me remind you, OBJ is a great talent. And, but I do believe that, yes, he, he pays attention to everything that happens. And to sit there and say, if you're not in it, that, that doesn't fuel you, Zubin, mm-hmm. for a guy that's built like him, that would be a, we would be remiss to say that. It does fuel him, and he'll be better for it. Yep. Last thing I would say, remember how prolific this guy is. We sometimes get lost in the boat and the model in France, all that stuff, the video. Just remember, he missed four games his rookie year, missed most of 2017, and missed most of 2020, he's still a 1,000-yard receiver, despite missing all of that time. Prime time is next.